Welcome to the Laser Lounge Podcast. My name is Alicia Pate, and I'll be bringing you podcasts from Pate Ranch. We'll be talking about things in the laser industry, the CNC industry, woodworking, even working with leather. But most importantly, we're going to talk about how you can grow your business better. I want to say a special thank you to our show sponsors. They are Thunder Laser USA, Phantom CNC, Rotoboss Rotary Attachments, Odie's Oil, and Lone Star Adhesive. So sit back and hope you can enjoy and get something out of our podcast. Thank you. All right. Hey, Michelle, how are you? Good. How are you? Perfect. I'm doing fabulous. It's, uh, gosh, the second day of February. A lot of us are makers are just kind of coming back out of the fourth quarter, like crazy times. And you're used to that. You've kind of had this space a little bit before in the, in the clothing industry. So I think a lot of us are coming back from the, oh my gosh, what did we just kind of go through and wrapping up our quarter, I mean, our uh, January numbers. But um, first I want to say welcome to the Laser Lounge at Pate Ranch. Thank you Thank for you. giving us some time today. And uh, we're going to hit an introduction in a second, but um, while people are popping on and joining on, I just wanted to um, give a shout out to our sponsors, Thunder Laser USA, Phantom CNC, Rotoboss Rody Attachments, and also Odie's Oil. So thank you guys for sponsoring our show. Gives us an opportunity to kind of buy equipment and bring people on and, and help teach the community a little more. So what I want to go over today is a topic called working with influencers. And I know, Michelle, you've got some background in that, and you're going to kind of give us your introduction here in a second. But I want to hit the key things in a bullet item that we're going to talk about today. And then I'd like you to uh, to give us an introduction of who you are and what your experience has been. So if you're good with that approach. Yep, I'm good. Awesome. So today we're going to talk about why should someone in the makerspace uh, work with influencers? Um, I know not all of us do, and we're going to talk about why you want to. The second thing that you're going to hit on today is how to find the right influencer and how you need to approach them. Because um, it you know, may differ, vary on your products, right? And then the next one will be how you actually work with that influencer and establish the ask. I know there's some some things that you need to make sure you're getting out of it instead of just sending them products. So what does that look like? And then the last one you're going to talk about before we summarize it will be what to do if they don't follow through on their end of the bargain, because it should be a two-way deal. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to try to keep it pretty structured, but we're going to take some questions as they come in. So if you are listening, go ahead and in the comment section, um, you can ask the question and I'll feed those to Michelle. But let's go ahead, Michelle, introduce yourself, uh, why you know you want to talk about this topic and, and kind of maybe a little bit how we know each other as well. So I'll hand it over to yeah. you, Michelle. Okay. Thanks, Alicia. Um, so my name is Michelle Mortman. I um, have professionally have about 24 years of strategic change management um, and marketing experience working with uh, large companies, um, really just helping them to kind of um, achieve goals, implement their vision, um, get people involved. Um, there's a lot of marketing aspects to the job that I do kind of professionally. Um, in addition to that, I used to own a clothing boutique uh, that started out online. Um, I did lots of pop-up uh, shops like all of, all of you, I think a lot of you do that. Um, and I, because I was a large online platform, um, have quite a bit of experience um, leveraging influencers to increase uh, customer base and increase sales. Um, so that's what I'm here to talk about today. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Michelle. I'm going to go ahead and pop up the first question. Um, so 
uh, how to find the right influencer and how to approach them. So just give us, you know, imagine that most of your audience here, Michelle, we haven't done that. I mean, I have not, and I wouldn't even know who I target. So go ahead and just kind of broach this first question here. Yeah. So, um, I think the the main thing when you're looking for influencers is obviously you're going to find them on your social media platforms, right? And um, I think Instagram is probably the most popular platform for that. Um, it, but it but it varies by industry, right? So I I would think for um, the kind of work that all of you are doing here, that Facebook would be another really big platform for you. Um, there there might be TikTok, um, YouTube, there some of these influencers um, span across multiple platforms, but some of them focus really on a single platform that their followers um, tend to use most often. So that's, that's one thing is that you're going to want to kind of narrow down where your customer base you think sits primarily from a social media platform. And then you're going to want to look for people that are active on those platforms that have large engagement on those platforms. Um, uh, things that you're going to want to look for are number of followers, which seems like an obvious thing, but not just number of followers. You want to kind of do a little bit of research on clicking through some of their posts or their videos, looking at how many um, comments they get, how much engagement they get um, on their posts, because if they make a post and, and no, or record a video and put it on YouTube and no one ever um, really engages beyond just liking it, um, then that, that might be a signal to you that, Hey, their engagement's not super strong with their um, with their followers, and and maybe this isn't the influencer for me. The other thing that you want to look for um, when you're when you're looking for it is you want to look for somebody that truly is would be a customer of yours if they were buying, right? Because mm -hmm. you you want their follower base to believe that they sincerely love your product, that they would buy that your product um, even if you aren't giving them something, um, and and there's a you know, that that's where you're going to, they're going to build trust with their followers about the things that they're talking about. And that's, what's going to translate to more customers for you, more sales for you. Um, because their, their follower base truly believes this, Hey, this is a product that that person can get behind that they, that they love, that they want to use, um, on their own. Yeah, that's good info. I, my, my, baseline of, of this kind of influencer marketing really is what I'm seeing Reagan do with kicking our silver. And she's given her jewelry out to, to people who are, I see them doing more clothing stuff. You know, the people on TikTok, mm -hmm. they're like today, yeah. what I'm wearing, I'm wearing an FFA shirt from tractor supply, right. Or, yeah. and this jewelry. So for us in the maker space, um, yep. and this is really a question for me, let's say I'm making a boot jack or making a ballet tray or a cutting board or something like that. Are we targeting um, homemaker type people or is it people who have a lot of just views or how would you advise me with knowing my brand? Yeah. So I think, I think it really depends on the product, right? And I think you mm -hmm. have to narrow down. Uh, some of you are making a lot of different kind of products that cater to a lot of different type of people um, like cutting boards, for instance, that's going to cater to, a homemaker, somebody that likes to entertain, um, you know, so, so in that case, you'd be looking for somebody that, um, does a lot of blogging or talking about entertaining, um, things in their home, how they decorate their home, right? If you're talking about like your boot jack product, you're going to want to find somebody that uses a boot jack, right? Somebody that might yeah. be, um, large in the Western space, right? Somebody that might yeah. actually ride, like there's a lot of, um, 
men and women influencers that are, um, you know, that they rodeo a lot, right? So you're going to want to find somebody that actually uses that product, that that that's kind of the theme of what they talk about, or or it feels like it fits with their life. And then you're going to want to approach them. I, I think one thing is if for you makers that have several different kinds of products that might cater to different people is think about what product is most important for you. Like, what do you feel like is your best product or the product that you want to get out there more and get more visibility to the world? Right. And then that, and then you narrow down and say, okay, let me find an influencer that that fits with and let me market that because that, that might in the end translate to sales around your other products. Right. But you got to be pretty laser focused on customer type product that you're trying to push. And, and that's kind of the path that you go down. And that's a great segue into why should we even do this, right? Um, I mean, because I, I would, I'm going to let you answer this, but me as a newbie to using influencers, it's really to get people, their audience into your shop, right? Yep. So answer that one, if you don't mind, to give us a little more context there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the, the, that, that is the primary objective, right? And that's one thing that I, I kind of was going to mention today is that when you're thinking about working with the influencers, the goal seems obvious, right? I want to get more people in, into my shop. I want to get them following what, what I'm posting and talking about. And I want to, I want to translate that to sales, but I think be really narrowed with what that in primary objective is when you're reaching out to influencers, because it, that might vary over time, right? In the end, you always want it to translate to sales, right? But yeah, but you as people that are starting out may not have a lot of followers yet on their own platforms, um, you know, think about, Hey, maybe my first objective is I just want to increase the number of people that are following my page and looking at the things that I'm talking about. And, and that, that down the road translates to sales for you once you build your own um, kind of customer follower base. Um, so I think that's the, the important thing is narrow down on what is your primary objective right now and then focus on that. So primary objective, product that you want to um, kind of get out there. Do you feel like, especially for you, um, people that are newer in that space is like, what do you think is the best thing in your shop or the thing that you want to continue to make um, more of and, and do more sales around? Well, that's the product that you want to kind of narrow in on and say, let me start with that. Let me only highlight that. And then down the road, I might kind of mix in some other things once I have a larger follower base, or maybe you reach out to other influencers to work with. Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good answer. Um, just a general question, you know, I see it in the clothing and the jewelry space is a big thing. I mean, I, I don't do a lot of TikTok and Instagram, but I do enough to see if I'm flipping through people doing that, look what I'm wearing. And how big is, is influencer marketing in general? Would you say like large for certain sectors? Or it's kind of like where things are going versus like what used to be TV and radio ads. Kind of yeah. what, what do you see there? I think it's um, it's definitely larger um, in the fashion um, and kind of retail space for sure. Um, it's been it's been that case for a number of years. Um, I think I think that is going to be the future for any kind of business though that wants to grow, get um, more um, presence outside of their existing community and kind of networks. Um, social media is really going to be the way to go. And I think to me, it's if you can if you can kind of if you can get really good at your influencer marketing strategy and get and find a few that are really um, good that you get a lot of return on that, that investment that you're putting in with them, 
um, to me, that almost pays off sometimes more than just doing like Facebook ads or, um, you know, other social media ads where you're just sort of blanketing um, some type of canvas of, of people and hoping that you get some type of click or, or return on kind of what you're, what you're, the money that you're investing into that. So um, to me, this is a much more narrowed way. If you do your research, it's a much more specific way to target a, a community of people, right? That can then become your community of people. Um, yeah, no, I like that. And I don't even feel like I haven't even seen anything like that on Facebook anyway. Facebook feels like that's not the the channel. It's more the Instagram, TikTok and and maybe some others. Am I am I correct in that? I think if I think if if you look at like um the home decorating space, um that that space are people that um I can say this cuz I'm I'm probably part of that audience, the more mature audience, right? I think th- mm-hmm. those people exist on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's your, it's a lot, it's a, it's a mix of a lot of young people, um, have really, um, gravitated towards Instagram, YouTube, things like that, but you got a nice mix on Instagram, whereas Facebook, you probably see more of your kind of middle, you know, you know, I would say, you know, 30, 40, 40 year olds and up, right. Which, which could be a good market for you if you're marketing like cutting boards, for instance, right. Or, gift baskets. Um, for those of you that work with the realtor communities, right? That the realtors are all over every platform, right? And yeah, I, I would true. I would I would say they they aren't your traditional influencers, but they certainly have a network, the larger ones of people that are following them. So if you're working with realtors and you're doing business with them, then think about how you can leverage them as an influencer to help grow your business as well. So we have a question, but I I wanna I'm gonna show the question and then I'm going to ask you the next topic for discussion because I think it dovetails in there. The question is, if you message them on Instagram, what number of followers would be ideal to get an answer back for free products and what would that message look like? So let me go to the next topic because I think it it really, it's it's the lead into this. So how do you actually work with them? How do you establish the ask? Yeah. So to answer the first part of that question that was in the chat, um, I don't think there's a magic number of followers. I, I would say if they have more, a, a larger, a number of followers than what you currently have. And I like, if you have a hundred followers, I wouldn't target somebody that has 150. I, w- I would get up into the thousands. Um, when I, when I was a new boutique um, and I was approaching influencers to, to work with and, and kind of market my stuff. I was looking for, you know, I had maybe when I started out like 2000 followers, right on my pages. And I I was looking for people that had like 10,000 and above. Right. And so yeah. I think you want to, you want to see that it's somebody that has considerable amount more than you that has very active engagement on their pages. Maybe they're already doing some working with influencers. The other thing to, to kind of look at is make sure they're kind of not all over the place. Because if, if you find an influencer and you're like, oh, these people have, you know, 50,000 followers, this is the person for me. If they're talking about, you know, 30 different brands, you know, a month on their page, that might not be the person for you, right? Because then you kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, people, they're not going to talk about you enough for people to really um, grab onto that and say, Oh, let me go follow Pate ranch for instance. Right. So, yeah. Um, so, so that's one thing. And then the other, other piece of it, before I kind of go into more about working with influencers is approaching them is, is, um, simple. I would say if you, if you want to do this, I would sit down 
and take some time and kind of create some of your standard, you know, how am I going to, what am I going to say when I contact, reach out and contact somebody? Um, what am I going to say when I get a response from them, right? Like sit down and kind of do some work around what does that communication package look like? What are the things you're going to ask them to do? What do you want in return for that? Um, how are you going to talk about your business? Um, but I think it's as simple as a Facebook message, a, um, you know, a private message on their social media platform. That's how you're going to reach out to them initially. Some of them have contact information in their bios that say an email address or something like that. So you could hit them both ways, right? You could send them more detailed contact in the email and then send them a follow-up message in their social media platform to say, I'm interested in working with you. I've sent you an email with more details in it. Look forward to hearing back from you, right? So, um, but I think that first contact needs to lay out who you are as a business, what kind of products you're making, um, who you cater those products to, um, and then what, and then, and then create the ask, like what you, why, why would you like to work with them? Right. So a little bit of yeah. complimenting them and, and kind of what they're doing on their own platforms and then talk about what your ask is, um, in that relationship. I like that answer. And as, as you're talking about it, um, I mean, first of all, I'm really a nobody, but I do have a little bit of a following in the laser space. And I have people that often send me stuff. Like I probably get something once every other week. And as you're talking about like how you should approach them and what that should look like, I'm thinking about what's been sent to me. I've had some people send a nice package. It's got, you know, their info in it and, you know, kind of how to use it. And, and they'll just t text me and say, Hey, can I send you some stuff? Sure. I'll take a look at it and give you some feedback more so from a, a design engineering aspect of it, a functionality, but I've had some people send me stuff without even their name on it. And it has their yeah. business name, no note inside. And I'm like, who's this? And then the other day, somebody sent me some nice product and it wasn't wrapped well together and it was broken by the time it got here. And even though I liked it, it showed like, Hey man, if you're going to do it, follow through and really do it. Right. Yeah. Act like you're giving it to somebody who you know, is maybe some super famous star or whatever. Like, how would you package it for them? Not just, yeah. I'm going to throw this stuff in a box. So yep. your your points make a lot of difference. Like, you know, put it together like you really mean it and you want them to show it because yeah. some of them open it like right there as right there and film it as is. I know I've saw that with the girl who used Reagan's. And if I did that with a few of mine, it would not be a good display. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why creating that ask and getting some alignment on that when you, before you ever send them something, I think it's fine to reach out and say, you know, I'm a maker in this space. This is where, and a little bit about me, I'd like to send you, you know, some of my boot jack, one of my boot jacks. Um, and, and here's what I'd like in exchange, like, here's what I'd like in exchange for that. Right. And in a, in a complimentary way, you can say you've got a really log, large, um, amount of followers. Um, I think this product would be great for you, but also the people that follow you. And I'd, I'd love it if, if when you got it, you would open it, uh, you know, open it up on, on, um, record that, right. Put that on your social media platform, put it on YouTube, wherever it is that they're putting stuff on record that, um, opening, talk about what the product is, talk about why you love it, why you want to use it, you know, like, you know, ask them to talk about the product and to kind of, point them back to where that came from. Cause I think if you send them something and they, they never open it, that's a, that's, that's a miss, right? Or if you send them yeah. something and you're not specific on the ask and then 
and then they don't do what you hoped they would do with it, then that was a little bit of time wasted on your part. So I think asking for that up front, and then when you send them the package, kind of reiterate that. Like, hey, I'd like you to post it. I'd like you to tag me when you're when you're commenting on it. If they tag you, that's going to immediately push people back to your page, right? Or at least put up on yeah. the screen, hey, this is from Pate Ranch. Um, this is how you find them on on um, on social media. Um, go give them a follow, right? And and kind of yeah. they make an ask to their people. And I'll say what I'm seeing, observing, and Dawn's right here. Your presentation and information, as, as to your point, is that if you're if they're mainly posting on Instagram, you probably need to give them more of your Instagram feed yep. as opposed to Facebook, because I like when they, I watch them do this with Reagan's material. Uh, even though she's on Facebook, it, it feels like, as you said before, it's the older crowd, right? They're probably yeah. like, "Face who? What's Facebook?" Yeah. I mean. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? I'm being a little flippant on it, but it's not really known for its marketing channel as as heavy as the other two. So, yep. so, um, so great ad there, Don. Um, and again, if y'all have any questions, please ask. I'm going to get to the next kind of question, unless you had something else to say here. Yeah, Michelle. I was going to say, and a, a couple other things to point out about working with influencers is. Um, if you're hoping, if your goal is to get that to translate to sales, one way to be able to measure like how well that worked when you sent that to them is you could think about giving that influencer a discount code that's unique to them. So like if I'm a, I'm a maker and I'm going to send Alicia something, I might send Alicia something and say, Alicia, when you talk about this, don't, you know, not only should I, what I, do I want you to tag my page, right? Or tell them where I can go find this, but offer a discount code that might say like Alicia 10, and, and you're given that anybody that sees that discount code, sees them talking about that is going to go use that code. They're going to get 10% off of their, of their purchase. And it's going to have some, it's a unique code that is associated with you. So that when I start seeing sales come in that have used that code, I know, okay, I got 20 sales by, by sending Alicia something. And this is somebody I might want to work with again. Right. So I like that. Um, some way to know so that you know, hey, this is working or it's not, right? Because otherwise, you you don't have a real great way of figuring out how that might have translated to sales for you. Yeah, that's a great idea. I hadn't even thought of that. And then, you know, you were talking about working with them. What does that mean? Does that mean you periodically send them more product or or what? I think it depends on what kind of return you get on on your investment. So that's that's why the discount code or some way of tracking kind of how well that worked for you will help you to know like, hey, I should work with them again or or I shouldn't. Um, the other other thing is, um, I think if you find some influencers, right, don't, I wouldn't cast your, your net wide, right? I would find, start with a couple, you know, one or two, see how that works. And then if, if those relationships seem to be good, then those might be somebody that you kind of put in your pocket and say, okay, about, three or four times a year, I'm going to re-engage them and send them something new or different um, and, and, and have them talk about it. I do think if you can find influencers that you want to work with again, that that's a good thing because the more that they talk about your page and your products on a consistent basis, the more their, their followers start to believe that, Hey, this is something Alicia really likes. She, she would buy this on her own. She might be getting something free from these people right now, but she likes it enough that she talks about it throughout the year, right? And, yeah. and or throughout the month or whatever that might be. And so um, 
so yeah, I, I think that's, that's a, um, a big thing is like, find somebody that you can work with. And then you might mix in some new ones down the road. So that it doesn't look like you're only using Alicia, because at, at some point, you're going to exhaust that to, to a certain extent, yeah. and you might want to take a break and come back six months later to Alicia, right? Yeah. So we have a couple of questions and they kind of closely relate. You know, this one is how much would be an attractive discount? I, and I'm going to answer this from me being a buyer, right? Let's yeah. say I'm watching something go by. I'm going to say 10 to 15 is probably good, but I would probably jump in for 10. I mean, yeah. and buy something if there was a 10% discount that would yeah. help for me. And then um, the other one is, does it, would an influencer expect, you know, like an affiliate type of deal? Like how do you make sure that is separate? So yeah. please answer that one. So I think discount code, I think 10, I would offer at least 10, right? That's sort of taking care of your sales tax and a, and a little extra change, right? Um, yeah. It, it's it's kind of giving them a little bit of a break. If you can go 15, right? If you find somebody that, hey, they're, they're turning a lot of people back to me. I'm getting a lot of sales when they talk about me. Then maybe you jump up for them, right? Maybe you give them 15 or even 20, right? It, it kind of depends on the price point, what, what your break even is like, you know, you've got a, you got a certain amount that you want to be able to make off of that product um, and, and also cover your cost. And so um, I would say 10 to 15 is a good place to start um, to answer the question about do influencers expect some dollars for themselves? I think it depends on how big they are. When I was in working with influencers in the retail space, um, the big, the really big ones that do this for like, this is their job. This is what they do for a living. Um, that they often want to be paid up front, right? They either want to be paid up front or they want some kind of, um, if they feel confident enough about how much um, sales this is going to generate, they might want some type of commission off of that, right? Um, but I would say if you're just starting out in that space, I would stay away from those, those types of people, right? You're going to find somebody that's a little bit bigger than you, um, that they're, they're trying to build a following themselves and kind of build and establish themselves, but they've got more followers than you, right? So, um, and then I would tell them, you know, maybe you offer them some kind of um, bigger, like a little bit of a bigger discount, right? You're sending them some, some free stuff, but let's take Reagan's jewelry, for instance, right? If that girl that she sent the jewelry to said, hey, I, I like this stuff enough that I want to buy it sometimes on my own, right? Or I want to buy yeah. it as a gift. Like maybe you offer 10% to her followers. Ah, uh, okay. But for her, she gets 15 or 20 anytime she buys. I like that. Okay, so, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. But I would, I would unless you're, unless you're bit bigger and you're wanting to work with the really big guys, right? Because you're wanting to get even bigger and you've got some money to invest in that set aside in your actual marketing budget, then, then you might go for like a, a person that wants to be paid or some type of compensation. But um, yeah, I think initially when you're starting out, those aren't the kind of people you want to, you want to work with because it's a little risky on your end is like, you might feel like, Oh, if I paid them, $200 to do this for me. I'm going to, they've got so many followers and I'm going to get so many sales. I can tell you, um, I've worked with those people. Uh, I've, I've done the paid and non-paid influencer route when I was doing retail. And sometimes the ones that you pay a little bit of money to that have a lot of followers that you don't see, um, that much more sales than you do with, with other people. So, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if that's because they have so much going on and so much already you're like, what do you really mean to them? Right. Yeah. I mean, 
And I don't mean that to be tacky or rude. That's just the reality of it. You get busy. Yep. I mean, I, I feel that way sometimes when I have product from people and I'm like, oops, I haven't shown that. Like, and then things go by and I'm like, ooh, that's probably a bad deal on my end. So that really gets back to the next question. What does that look like? You know, if, if, do you ask for, hey, I'd love for you to show this twice or, you know, once a month or, you know, I, I think we, we as makers, feel like we're just sending it and hoping that they'll catch that fish and do something with it. But yeah. is it okay to have certain criteria like, like, please, you know, do this, that, and the other and, and kind of come to agreement. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I think, I think that's, you always want to do that, right? You want to always set sort of an expectation on, on your end and say, Hey, I'd, I'd like to send you some product. I'd like you to talk about it, you know, two to three times. Um, in the month of February, right? Or I, lay out some specific kind of ask around what do you want them to talk about? How do you want them to talk about it? I, you want it to feel natural for them, right? But you also want to feel like, hey, I, I, I invested some time and, and a little bit of money into this and I, I've gotten something in return for it. I think, um, but be realistic about what that is, right? Because they're, they're trying to also run their own business. So they're trying to entertain other people that they might be working, other, you know, vendors and marketers that they um, want to work, you know, that they're working with. And so I think be realistic about what that is. But you definitely want, you don't want just a one and done kind of relationship, right? Where I send something to yeah. Alicia, she quickly unboxes it, says, thanks, Michelle, for sending me this. It's great go follow her. And then that's the last time Alicia ever talks about me. And so um, I think, you know, trying to establish that up front so that it's not a one and done, because th that's really, you're not really going to see a large return on that investment. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking about not so much my paint ranch business, but when I receive things um, and the, the ones that I've really or with going back and forth was ones that say, can you take a look at this, test it out and give me your feedback, right? Um, they're asking for something in return and it makes me want to actually do it. And usually I'll make a, a note somewhere in my notebook that says, make sure I get back with them. Um, yep. And so that kind of, it, it, you know, don't be shy about it. Ask, you know, even if they're just showing it, say, can you tell me how this, how well this works? You know, yep. I, I just this, a silly, a silly uh, example of this, the makers that are here will, will understand is the honeycomb pins that a lot of um, 3D printing uh, makers are making. And they'll send me the, the honeycomb pins and, hey, can you use these? Give it a try in your your day to day and give me some feedback. And I've actually the ones that I like the most I'll show and share. And so it benefits them. But to your point, you're setting that expectation of what do you expect from me to help you with back and forth? Yeah. And then I think if they don't, you know, if to the point of if they don't follow, you know, their end of the bargain, it's, I think one, you, it's not somebody you want to work with going forward, which is an obvious thing, right? But I think it's, yeah. I, I think it's okay for you to do some follow up with that person. If you sent them something, they say they're going to do something with it. And then time goes by and they've done nothing with it is, you know, drop them a note, right? Reach out to them and say, hey, I just making sure you got the, um, got what I sent you? Do you have any feedback for me? What do you think you're going to like, you know, re approach them in a way that's still positive. Right. Um, but, but then I think if you, you know, follow up with them and there's still no follow through on their end, or they do part of what you asked them to do, but you, you know, not the rest of it, that's just somebody that you say like, okay, that relationship's not going to work. Right. Um, yeah. 
But I think most people, especially people that are do, are doing this and trying to build their own business, because this is what they want to do is do influencing is um, I think those people, to your point, even if they're not getting paid, if, if you're sending them something, you're setting out, you're making an agreement with them before you send that to them and then sending it to them. Most people are going to say, you know what, I'm going to write, I, I've got to build this into my schedule. I got to follow through on this commitment I made. So I, I think more often than not, there, there is going to be follow through. But if, if not, don't be afraid to reach back out to them. I think that's the big thing is, especially when you're starting out, you feel like I'm a little guy and, and I'm, I'm probably not important to, you know, that important to them or whatever. It's like, be proud of what you're making, be proud of what, what you have to offer and, and what business you're trying to build. Um, they're trying to do the same thing, right? So I think it's more looking at them as like, hey, we can help each other, right? Because I, you're going to, in return for that, you could say to them, if you've got a decent amount of following that might be different from who follows them is like, hey, once you post that, I'm going to reshare it on my platform. Even if you only yeah. have a thousand followers, like, hey, they might pick up a couple people that start paying attention to what they're talking about, right? And that well, that's, that's a great example. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll make an example to the laser world. David Brown is a, is a, a guy that is known in the, the laser community for making product. He came out with a new adhesive and sent it to many of us to test out just from feedback. And then the other day he posted it for the first time, right? Because we've all been kind of testing it. And then I took exactly what he copied on another page and put it on mine. And I think, yeah. you know, it helped his sales. So that's exactly what you're talking about is, is trying to help promote them once they start, you know, yep. showing that info. Yep. It's a good example. So we're talking a little bit about packaging. Here's an, uh, another question I want to ask before we start wrapping up. But what does that actually look like? Um, what is a good example of this? And I said that before, like I've got a couple of things in the shop that were just like no name. Things were broken as they received. Like what would, and I know you do a little bit more. Reagan does a little bit more when she sends stuff to people. I had a little handwritten note. So what would be a good example for us to kind of use for this? Yeah. So I think, um, I know that the products that you guys are, are making in your shops, a lot of those things need to be wrapped and, you know, with things to protect them so that they're not damaged during shipping. I, I would, um, and I think that's fine, but I would, I would make it as pretty as you can around that, if that makes sense. And so, um, even if you're working with a guy, you know, a, a male influencer, making things that look nice, clean, professional, um, that's going to be important. And, and you might have a layer of protection and then something that's a little nicer and cleaner underneath that. And, and that could be part of your ask is, Hey, I'm going to send this with you know, wrapped in bubble wrap, but underneath the bubble wrap is going to be like a nicer, cleaner packaging. If you're going to do an unboxing video, I'm asking that you take the bubble wrap off and then start to, to do your unboxing video with the nicer, cleaner presentation that's underneath that, right? So I think nice and clean, professional looking is important. You got to put in some marketing collateral. Um, you know, it's just some little like freebie things that they could take, even if it's just yeah cards, right? That they could take and like give out or set a little card that might have the discount code on it that they could hand to people if, if they're seeing them in person. And then Cute I think stickers. <laughs> yes, anything like that. And then I think the other thing is um, a handwritten note is great. I, I don't care yeah. what age group you're working with, but it, it adds a personal touch. It tells them that, hey, you as the individual person that owns this business has taken some time to write them a nice little handwritten note. Um, and thank them for what they're doing. So I, I think the handwritten touch goes a long ways towards building those relationships with these people. 
I would agree. And um, when I see a handwritten note, it makes me think they slowed down and stopped and took a time to do that. And, yep. and as you were talking about it, this doesn't mean go use that janky Amazon box that you got <laughs> set in from the last, go get a box from Uline or a box from that's like nothing on it, just so it looks presentable. Yep. Um, and, and make the box look good too. Make it look like you didn't hack up another box to make a small box. Yep. It's just, it's amazing. I mean, we all get in a rush sometimes and we're getting things out, but um, you're really trying to put your best foot forward here, right? This yeah. is the person that you are saying you're representing my brand right now. So make it look like they are. I yeah. mean, I look at it as if I was sending something to Bucky's to be, you know, evaluated if I could get in their store. That's how it should look, right? Yep. And I, I think I think packaging carries over to your business. I know, I know it's an investment, right? To to focus on packaging with every customer. Um, I think the kinds of products that you guys are making and the people that you're making them for, I think you can pick and choose a little bit where you focus your time and, and, and some money on packaging. But if you're going to send an influencer something and it's packaged nicely and you're asking them to unbox that, then you want to make sure that your like customers that would be buying stuff that saw that post, right? You'll know because of the discount code if you gave them one. You want the packaging to look and feel similar to that so that it's not like, oh, well, they packaged it really pretty for that influencer. But when I got it, it was in this torn up box, not, you know, nothing, yeah. no, nothing inside of it, whatever. So you want to implement a little bit of that into your regular customer touch, right, that you're doing with customers so that everybody starts to feel like, oh, this was a it, this was a personal touch. The person took some time, some care in packaging this. They they wrote me a little note. Um, it can be short, right? It doesn't take that much time. Um, but I think there's a balance that you can find, especially as a new business owner trying to manage costs and things like that. There's a balance you can find on how much you invest in that, but you're consistent with your customers. Yes, yes. Um, that's a great point. And most of you saw this week, it was actually yesterday, I showed some of the new tissue paper that I got in that had my branding on it. And it really wasn't that expensive. I think I got 3000 sheets for like $200. And uh, it'll go far away, right? You can use it sparingly and or as much as you want. But to your point, you you want people to resonate products with your brand. And so how are they going to see that? Well, they need to see the actual symbol or whatever it is and let it stick yep. with them. Yep. Uh, so we're going to be wrapping up here shortly, but um, I want to kind of summarize the things that we talked about today. We talked about why I work with influencers, like that's a huge part of marketing now and it's where the movement kind of has gone and is going. And it's probably time for us in the makerspace to use it, utilize it a little more. So not only from our own end products for our businesses, but also many in the makerspace are making uh, jigs or, or end pieces for other makers to use, right? So people send me stuff, other people send stuff. So that's, you know, one reason to use it. Um, so that was one topic of why working with them. We also talked about finding the right influencers and how to approach them. The third thing we talked about today was how to actually work with them and establish the ask. What does that look like? How to hit them up, right? Um, and then what what do they need to do on their end to follow up with, with their end of the bargain? And then finally, we talked about packaging. What should it look like whenever you send it? So those are the main things we talked about today. But Michelle, I'd like to you to kind of just summarize kind of the content here that we've talked about and, um, you know, so that we can close this out. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, just to kind of summarize some of the key points is, um, you know, go find influencers that are that would be true customers of, of your of your product or your brand, right? That you want it to feel um, authentic, sincere, something that their their followers believe. Um, don't be afraid to to reach out and and ask very specifically for things out of that relationship. Otherwise, it's time and money that you've invested in that um, that you don't get any return on it. And and so why do it, right? Um, and and I I think the discount code is another big thing um, that I learned pretty quickly is um, you got to have a way to measure kind of what return you got out of that. And, and the discount code is the easiest thing. It doesn't cost you a lot, um, but it helps you to kind of track what kind of return you're getting on that uh, relationship. And then I think, you know, just making sure that when they get something um, that it represents your brand and how you want customers to feel when they're opening that product, um, you know, a lot of a lot of buying, no matter what they're buying, right? Clothing, um, cutting boards, what what? No matter what anyone's buying, a lot of buying it um, stems from emotion. And so, if mm -hmm. they have a, a a good emotional response to, and you know, receiving the package, opening the package, how things are presented, and then they and then they love the product, then then you're sort of kind of um, creating this environment where people want to kind of do more business with you in the future. Um, so I think, I think those are kind of the main points. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. And, um, I think I'm going to have you back. I think another topic that, that you and I have talked a lot about, uh, is going to market, right? So what does it look like if Pate Ranch went to the Dallas market whenever the home sales people are coming through? What does that experience yeah. look like? And uh, if you'd be willing to come back and talk about that, I think that would be a great topic. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Great. So thank you for coming today and, and spending some time with us. We're going to have this on a podcast as well, and we'll have it up on YouTube for long term. want to thank our show sponsors today. They are Thunder Laser USA, Rotoboss Rotary Attachments, Phantom CNC, and also Odie's Oil. So if you need any of those products, I'll have some links to provide you to get for more information for those. But thank you, Michelle, and uh, I appreciate you coming on. And you are actually in the laser lounge with us. So if there's any questions that anybody has, I'm going to create a post to follow up on this that uh, you can go in there and, and help assist in that area. Okay, great. Thanks, hey, everyone. Thanks, Michelle. Y'all have a good day.